0: Everyone and welcome to minute ten of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the nineteen eighty-seven John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Aaron Newirth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe.
1: Welcome back to the show, Aaron. I'm, I'm glad to have been here. It's been it's been a long journey, digging multiple vehicles, uh, chair, feet, and uh, a lack of automobile that we've made it. We made it to the end. And a, at a, least. a
0: lot of drinks along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we've, we've discussed the origins of things, you know. All right. Well, minute 10 begins with Neil continuing to argue with the stewardess and goes all the way till we see the arrivals board at O'Hare International Airport. So as we were talking about yesterday, Neil, first thing that he does when he gets on the plane is piss off the stewardess. That's not the best thing to do. And that's not a way for one to have a more interesting flight and to get what you want. <laughs> so he continues explaining to her that, you know, he didn't know that they put him in coach. He didn't know that he was supposed to to argue about that beforehand at the ticket counter and get them to
1: And she said, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. First class is full. And it seems like, I'm sorry. It just, it seems like, for one, uh, he seems like the kind of guy that would notice this thing off the bat as far as what his tickets go, let alone he should have been told that he was had a coach seat at that point. So like, oh, is he discovering just now that he has a first class? You could argue that he was rushed, but at the same time, I don't, he doesn't seem like the guy that would let that stand and wait that long to figure that out. Right. Uh, I,
0: I, I actually was going to bring that point up also because, because, you know, in a few seconds she holds it up and he, he says, I have a first class ticket and then she holds it up. His ticket which like, says you have a coach it's, it's seat like, assignment circled <laughs> and, she, and she points to it like like the way that stewards is point you know when they're doing their the, the safety mm-hmm. information and stuff like that so it's just pretty funny because it says 13e now what's interesting is last week when he was looking at his ticket he already had his seat assignment on the ticket and it wasn't 13e his seat assignment was 3G so I wonder who's sitting in 3G man no maybe maybe Larry. It's the lawyer. (laughs) No, it's Larry. Larry the the pilot. You know. Oh, yeah. So this stewardess is actually played by an actress named Diana Castle, who only has five movie credits to her name and 28 TV credits. But she is actually apparently a very well-respected acting school teacher in L.A. She and her husband opened up a school in 2008 in L.A. where they teach acting. I guess they teach you how to, you know, Steve Martin when he's trying to, you know, when, when he's, when
1: he's just pissing you off. <laughs> you but, know, it, it's funny, the, for Steve, as far as Steve Martin goes in this, this is, this is like, throughout this movie, he seems to like, constantly like, not care for like, author, people in supposed authority, in authority roles, uh, or at least like, these kind of service roles, and it constantly bites him in the ass, uh. Once again, highlighting how he's very much a dick <laughs> for yeah, so these situations because he doesn't have, he can't offer like the modicum of respect to these people that he's treating as lesser than. Correct. And Who I are mean, all just doing their job. I mean, th- that's really what it amounts to. They're all, they're all telling him things that are just bits of information that they have no way of changing. It's like, this is what it is. Correct.
0: And no, the question is whether she has what, you know, if, if there is something that she can do here or not. I mean, we, we see in a few seconds when, you know, this pilot Larry shows up, she actually just lets him sit wherever he wants. So she does have the ability to let him sit there. You know, he just he pissed her off too much. So she said, all right, you piss me off. I'm not even going to try and help you. Yes. To say, if if first class is full, I don't know what else you can do about it. <laughs> it's at that point. No, but 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 if she says that first class is full and then she's letting someone sit wherever he wants in first class that says that first class isn't full you know this isn't someone who's supposed to be in first class mm-hmm. this is i mean I, I i've always heard that airlines have this thing that if there are open seats you know then then employees of the airline and stuff like that are able to get free trips and things like that
1: so i don't know well yeah i mean it certainly comes down to steve martin's whole demeanor and what he's doing if he, you yeah, if there was some op- if there was some opportunity for him he blew out he blew that completely uh, right but even then it's like well <laughs> I mean, if he has a first class ticket, yes. So I, I hear you. I, I know what you're saying. Right. So
0: I don't know. And I mean, as as they're talking, so you have this guy Larry show up and he gives her a kiss and 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 basically says to her. First, they they say hello to each other. Her name is Liz. His name is Larry. And then he goes, uh, "Is here okay? Or how about over there?" And she's ah here, or there, anywhere's fine. So she's basically telling him that he can sit wherever he wants because there are seats available in first class. Just not for Neil Page. That's what it basically comes down to. You know, and then and then it's funny because Larry then says to him, oh, pardon me. You know, he he doesn't even care about the fact that they're having this little argument here. He's like, just get out of my way. I want to go and get into my comfortable seat before my comfortable flight that's supposed to go to Chicago that won't get there. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> so then she hands him back his ticket and then as she's doing that, you see another pilot walk by, which is even funnier. You know, here you, in the one hand, she says to this guy, Larry, that he can sit wherever he wants. And then someone else walks by. I don't think it's the pilot of the plane that is going to the back of the plane while everyone is is going through, you know, getting ready to for takeoff. He should be in the cockpit. So this must be another person who's gotten a free ride. So who knows? And and then he, he says that he, he booked his flight over a month ago now it's nice that they booked it a month ago but you know when when you're as you mentioned earlier when you get to the tickets counter that's when you're gonna get your final seat assignment so you need to at that point make sure that
1: you get the right seat yeah that's why I, i'm just <laughs> i can i don't i don't know what to buy here as far as what's going on when you have a man that's the way steve martin is and just like oblivious to the idea that his whole thing has been uh totally there's been a totally people in what he what he what he originally had planned Yeah, completely. You know,
0: she gets snippy quite quite quickly to what she says, because she says to him, well, save your boarding pass and you'll get a refund on the difference. And he says, I don't want a refund. I want my seat in first class. And she says, look, I've had just about enough of you. So I don't think she's any awards for, for being the nicest stewardess to someone getting on the plane.
1: I mean, she's she, she, presumably she's been flying all day, and this is just some a- that's like questioning her about a thing that she can't. <laughs> she right. She she's not going to tolerate this guy when she has all these other people to have to worry about. It's like this one guy's complaining to her about a thing that he could have checked himself. Right. And,
0: he's and saying then, he didn't,
1: then, he's saying he didn't know, but he had the he's holding the ticket in his hand, and he and the flight was delayed. He had plenty of time to look over this and realize what was going on.
0: That's true. Also, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, and then and then he he responds by saying, huh, you've had enough of me? First of all, you delay me. Then you bump me. I can't wait to see what happens next. So wait a second. Have, have you ever been bumped on a plane? No. Okay, when you get bumped on a plane, it means you didn't, you're you not on the flight. <laughs> so where did this happen that he got bumped off the flight? He didn't get bumped. He Maybe he got moved from uh, – I think what he's referring to, the fact, is he was moved from, moved from first to class, class to
1: coach. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, but that, you don't call that being bumped. Bump. Bump.
0: Yeah, exactly. The fact that, that they, what do you mean they delayed him? You know, it's it's because of, of weather. It's not as if this is something that that he that they planned. It's not like this, this mid-central uh, airline said, oh, that's, how are we going to screw with Neil Page?
1: Which again, it's, I mean, it's part, I mean, it's frustration directed at one person, but it also just seems like him screaming at the world still.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: And then he continues walking down uh, towards his seat because he realizes
0: he doesn't have a chance. And who does he bump into? He sees Dell. Is this a coincidence or what? Exactly. And then he goes, have a seat. So, yeah, I mean, that adds a lot to the whole thing, by the way, that they, they do that. After he say, sees that, we see an exasperated look once again on Neil's face. But Dell is still very cheery. He He stays cheery throughout the whole thing. No question about that. And then we get a shot outside of the plane taxiing, and we see that there's a full moon in the sky. Now... That's a little bit of a problem because if this was the 24th of November or if it was the 25th of November, 24th of November, 1987 or the 25th of November, 1986, neither of those days had a full moon. In 1987, the full moon was on the 4th of November. So we're talking three weeks earlier. And in 1986, it was on the 16th. So it was, was it, nine days earlier. So they had, another thing, they, they, they got wrong there by the, the, the way the shape of the moon is on those nights. And then we get a shot of the, the arrival screen at O'Hare International Airport. And we see a number of, of U.S. airplanes. that And there's a lot of snow that's falling around them. And then we see seven flights that all say they're delayed. You have flights from uh, New York, LaGuardia, New Orleans, Des Moines, San Francisco, Roanoke, Houston, and Baton Rouge. Now, where did we stay earlier this week? Neil was flying from. He was flying, he was flying from, J-
1: yeah. from JFK. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But but the sign on the delayed flights says that the the flight delayed is from LaGuardia. So, once again, <laughs> they're not paying enough attention to the mysterious never, New
1: York airport that they're going from.
0: <laughs> they never. They never thought about the fact that 35 years later, somebody would be doing a Movies by Minute podcast, trying to look into everything that goes on in this movie and and catching all these little errors. Now, what I decided to look up by by seeing about the the delayed flights is, do you know how they decide the flight numbers? Do you have any idea about that? No. Okay. So I, I did a slight bit of research, not that much, that basically eastbound and northbound flights all have even numbers. Okay. Westbound and southbound flights have odd numbers. Okay, The the way that, that the, the flight number is, you have the two-digit code for that particular airline, and then you have anywhere between one and four digits for the rest of the code. Each airline has, a, has usually over a 1,000 flights a day, which means that they're using a lot of these numbers, and they reuse them all the time. And even the space shuttle uses a similar type of system because... You know, all of their flights were STS, and then they just, they number them, you know, in chronological order for when they were supposed to go up and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. So, and that's, and the minute ends as we're getting a look at this screen. We'll have to see on Monday what happens to that screen because something does happen. We'll have to wait and see. We'll keep
1: everyone in suspense over the weekend. <laughs> so, Aaron, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Um, no, not specifically. I, I mean, I, the the kind of conversation Steve Martin has of the flight, like that's that's a that you know, as much as we see like the John Candy isms in this, that's a very Steve Martin thing too, just haggling over like semantics and <laughs> and, and mild mild frustrations um, that his that these kind of characters he tends to play, these kind of like waspy guys, like. It's as far as I can see it's through C Martin's career. Correct.
0: All right. Well, script differences this this episode, there aren't that many. But there's a big scene that that didn't make it into the final cut. When Neil leaves the stewardess, he walks down the aisle. And when he gets to where his seat is, it says a beautiful young college girl on her way home from school. She looks up and smiles from the aisle seats. Neil slips into the middle seat. He steps over the girl's legs and sits down with a big smile. Coach doesn't look to be as bad as he feared. A portly middle-aged woman with a breathing disorder is in the window seats. She's eating Doritos, lost in thought. Neil pays her little mind. So then the girl turns to Neil and says, I'm Tamara. And he goes, Neil Page. So she says, do you fly a lot? And he goes, quite a bit, yes. He bends over to stow his briefcase under the seat. A stewardess leans over the girl and whispers to her. And Neil continues to talk and says, I'm usually up in first, but I got bumped. So I'm, the girl shows her ticket to the stewardess. She points down the aisle. The girl gets up from her seat. Neil turns to what he thinks is the girl. His biggest smile, it quickly dissolves. He's surprised to see Dell settling into the girl's seat with a big, surprised grin on his face. Then Dell says, "Well, what do you know? Is this a coincidence or what?" <laughs> Neil looks away and closes his eyes. He can't believe what's happening to him. He attaches the seatbelt extender and secures himself. He adjusts just his groin Sorry, Dell. Dell does this. He attaches a seatbelt extender and secures himself. He adjusts his groin, puffs on his cigarette. And that's the way that that scene ends. Hmm. So again, it's extraneous, and I think it works better the fact that he's walking down the aisle and just bumps into Dell. But it's still funny that they had this scene originally. You know that that he thinks he's sitting next to somebody else, and then he he gets up and then looks over and sees that it's Dell instead.
1: Yeah, that's that's a funny like written idea, but uh, yeah, it, the exactly. the, cut, the punchline cut is better. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so every other day we have a different
0: segment dealing with the top five performances of any of the the two main actors here or the director. Today we're going to be dealing with Weekend Candy.
1: So Aaron's going to give us his top five performances of John Candy. Okay, so five through one. um, Big John Candy fan. Hard to kind of narrow some of these down. And Here's the thing. So with five, I'm not the biggest fan of Home Alone, but... He comes in that movie and just slays for like the 15 minutes that he's in that film, uh, which just feels like entirely like him and Catherine O'Hara, like improv stuff. He just like like Johnny Hughes and Chris Columbus brought John Candy and was like, just do whatever <laughs> and just make that work. And that's that's how I feel with him in yeah. that movie uh, for Spaceballs. Um, he's a mog. He's a half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. Um, number... <laughs> <laughs> my, my number three is Cool Runnings um i do think he i he didn't have much of an opportunity to do too many like dramatic things and even cool runnings is pretty light on drama you know and not counting things like JFK, care what like he had a few but like you know he passed away so he didn't have a chance but i do think cool runnings i think is a solid right. like in addition to being bringing some you know some candyisms, i do think he gives some some good dramatic beats in that film as well uh number two is stripes is the ox um he's just funny <laughs> he, he does he's yeah. in that movie uh, and uh one is uh plane trains and automobiles i do think it's his best performance in a film um from all angles i do think he's, yeah he's funny and you'll you'll get to it down the line but the kind of the sentimental aspects i think work really well in his favor
0: so now we're going to go to the other segment the off the beaten track segment today i'll I'll give another one of my adventures or misadventures about something that's happened to me over the course of travel over the years so On Wednesday, I discussed with everybody my little mishap with handcuffs on a plane. Uh, It's not the first time that I accidentally took something on a plane with me. So today I'm going to tell that other story. So in 1993, I was in the Israeli army, uh, 1993 and 1994, and I was going to go home on leave I think this was in May 94, something like that. And I went and visited a friend of mine before I left. And he had returned to me a magazine of ammunition that I had lent him a few months earlier because he was also in the army. So he gave it back to me and I put it in my bag. And that night, and then I rushed home and packed my bag and I got on the plane. And remember, this is an international flight going from Israel to New York. And at the time, I would spend all my time on these 10-hour flights listening to music. I had a whole bunch of cassettes. I had a bag filled with cassettes. I would just, you know, pop in a different cassette each time randomly and listen to whatever came came on. And as I was on this flight, I reached into my bag and thought I was grasping a cassette, and I pulled out a full magazine of bullets. And I got to say, I nearly crapped my <laughs> pants at that point because... First of all, I I didn't remember that I had forgotten to take it out of my bag, and here I am on an international flight. This was obviously pre-9-11, but even pre-9-11, it is a felony to do this, (laughs) and for the rest of the flight, I couldn't sleep because I didn't know how I was going to get around it because I knew that if I get... If I get stopped in customs, I'm going to get into big trouble. But I managed to, I was, I was debating, I said I could put it in the seat pouch or something like that. And I said, if I do that, that's yeah. going to really cause an international <laughs> incident. And probably shouldn't do that. And I was thinking about the, you know, the, the guy in the x-ray machine when I left Tel Aviv that obviously didn't do his job properly by catching it. Because if he would have caught, caught it in, in Tel Aviv, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal because, you know, being a soldier at the time, I was able to to explain my way out of it. But if I'm in New York, it's going to be a little more difficult to do that. So basically, I got off the plane, and I was quite scared the entire time going through customs that someone would actually stop me or catch me or something like that. Thankfully, I got through, Meeting, going going to a friend's house, and he took care of it for me. He 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 now has a souvenir. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. He now has a souvenir. So, you see, you always should pay attention when you pack. That's more of this story. What can I tell you? So now we finish the end of the week. Thank you very much once again, Aaron, for for joining me.
1: For sure. I'll, I'll try to listen to I'll listen to everyone except Jay's episodes because he knows more. <laughs> well, Jay's <laughs> episodes already happened,
0: so. And he gets to hear the you've already missed the them. <laughs> there you go. It's because of Kevin Bacon, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, once you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can find everything I do at my personal blog, com. I write movie reviews for Leave of Entertainment. I write Blu-ray and Criteria interviews for com. I do some interview stuff for Variety occasionally. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. I also co-host a podcast out now with Aaron and Abe. My friend Abe and I discuss weekly movie releases.
0: All right. Excellent. While you're doing that, you can go write and review and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. To find me, just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Find my website. So, have a great weekend, everybody. And until Monday, you're
1: fu- You're fine. Fu-